Sunday, right? This is such a beautiful Sunday. What a, what a way to kick off. The, this is amazing. I want to just hang, I wish we could rip the roof off this place, but Jeff, nope. Can we do it? Nope. We can't do it. Okay. I just got the buildings and grounds. Can't be done. But uh, in the meantime, we're in a series on gratitude and we're going through Second Thessalonians and actually it caps off with Colossians and this, this makes me grateful. I don't know if you know anything about Operation Christmas Child, but we're going to hear about it later in the service. This is an amazing organization, and coming in here and just seeing these boxes just reminds me, this is better than Christmas. This is amazing that these boxes are going to go into the most neediest of hands and transform lives and souls. It's amazing. So wait, I can't wait till we pray over the boxes later in the service. I got some other announcements, but I wrote them down because that's what I have to do. Uh, Hanging of the Greens, December 1st. That's coming up. That's the kickoff of Advent. And then later, the next Saturday, December 7th, a family affair. We gather, and I'm going to, yeah. In the, some events are for us. Some events aren't for us. And what I mean for, by that is like trunk or treat. I just, there, there was a, a survey that just came out that 51% of Costa Mesa has zero affiliations with any church and has no interest in getting to know God. Incredible stat, right? And it's sad. And it means we're not doing some of these events right. The trunk or treat, it's not for us. It's for people to experience the joy of following after Jesus with no sales pitch, no strings attached, just to introduce them to people that love Christ are normal, <laughs> right? And so that's another one of these things, family affair. When it, when, start praying about and start thinking about who you can invite to the family affair. Who needs to know, especially those young parents that are trying to chase after the wildlings, who needs to be on this campus amongst other families that are chasing after their wildlings that love Jesus? Um, what else is there? Okay. At some point, make sure you pass those fellowship pads. And if I haven't done so already, I want to say I'm glad you're here. I'm excited you're here. Let's stand up and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Please remain standing. Please remain standing. Please remain standing and face me. Quiet down. Erlinda, so good to see you. Sorry, my mic's on. I, I, I didn't get to hug you. That stinks. Please remain standing and l- let me read our call to worship. It comes from Psalm 117. It says, Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Would everyone please say, praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Let's stand and sing our opening hymn, Come Ye Thankful People, Come. Come. 
Please be seated and send the children and youth up. Target. 
No, Costco. Costco. Pants, three dollars off. Manager special at the register. Costco. My white shirt here and my white underpants. Of course, we don't get to see. Psalms. And then I thought of the book of Psalms. 
and, and how that was perfect. So I started paying attention to the word. It didn't matter how many times it was repeated. God was worthy of our praise to Him. And I'm sure He delighted in hearing it 11 times. <laughs> so that was a So now we have this wonderful church here that we like. And so I kind of want to include something else. For welcoming. We have a new members class in, in session right now. I'm so happy to be a part of that as, as a sponsor. So if you can kind of, kids, if you can kind of turn your neck around, I want you to, to uh, come up here and kind of look at this cross. It is the most unique cross in front of a church I have ever seen. And let's take a look at it. I'm going to move the way. If you look at the top, you will see that it's bent over. And then look at the side arm. The arms are welcome and open. Then if you look at the bottom where you're coming up. When you were a child and people picked you up, lovingly picked you up, they bent their head down and they reached around, they encumbered you in that love, and they picked you up. And sometimes you landed on their feet. Because I can remember taking my kids and walking around my kids. They're standing on their feet. And they love it. And now you'll notice that there's three different kinds of wood stained there, representing the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so I will end by saying God bless you, children. And I will say, you too are children of God. And so, um, let, let us end by saying um, that this is our God every Sunday while you sit there and waiting for church to start, saying, well, well, my beloved, well. So, let's end with prayer. Lord God, we have so much to thank you. One of the first things is that you gave your only son so that we could be welcomed into your eternity. For that, that is a blessing beyond measure. We thank you that your weekly blessing is there to remind us of your loving arms, embracing us into your fold. We ask you to go with us now as children to our lessons for the day. And, and, and also with the people here who will have a chance to be embraced by our pastor and his love. Watch how many times he holds his own In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So as you can see, um, this is uh, Operation Christmas Child's Shoebox Sunday. And I am just thrilled to see the number of shoeboxes that you've all brought in. So thank you so much. I'm going to personally thank you so much for bringing them in. And I know that the children that receive them are just going to be thrilled. And, you know, these are really uh, tangible ways to show God's love to these children that are in need. And who knows where your shoebox is going to end up, but hopefully it will lead a child to become a believer um, you know, they are invited to participate in the greatest journey after they receive their shoebox, and uh, it's a 12-week discipleship program. 
And then from there, they spread it to their families and their communities, and churches are, are planted. So, and it's, it's documented. They, they, there's fact, it's, they've proven it that these churches are being uh, planted based on the shoebox. So with that being said, um, we'd like to pray over the shoeboxes now. We have uh, 60 here that were packed by our children and uh, student ministries. And um, as a reminder, also, we will be open tomorrow through the following Monday in Room 5 for National Collection Week, which means that other uh, individuals and churches can drop off their shoeboxes here, and we will um, put them into cartons and take them up to Huntington Beach. So again, thank you so much. And if you would uh, join us in prayer, we will uh, start. Thank you. Dear God, <clears throat> dear God, thank you for making Operation Christmas Child possible again this year. We are blessed to be part of it. Please bless these shoeboxes and remove obstacles in their way. And please help with customs and delivering shoeboxes to remote locations. We know all things are possible through you, and we pray that you just get the right shoebox to the specific child that needs it. We pray that every shoebox is a gospel opportunity and that the children who receive them see how wonderful you are through your son, Jesus Christ. We ask you to bless everyone on both sides of these shoeboxes, from the children that receive them to all the volunteers that make it possible. Please bless churches like PCC that pack shoeboxes. May our faith become even stronger by participating in Operation Christmas Child. We pray that these children participate in the greatest journey lessons to become your disciples. We pray that they share this good news with their families, friends, and neighbors, and that churches are planted in their communities. Heavenly Father, please hear the prayers of our children, students, and our entire congregation. We know these shoebox gifts will bring joy to children in need and serve as an opportunity to share the greatest gift of all, eternal salvation through your Son. You've taught us that it is a blessing to give as well as to receive. Help us to truly feel this, knowing we are doing your kingdom work by making disciples of all nations. We thank you, Father, for the privilege of serving you. In Jesus' name, amen. Picking up where Don mentioned the idea that sometimes there can be a reaction to modern day praise music because of repetition. And yet, when you look at the book of Revelation that was written by John on the island of Patmos, who was actually a poet. He said that in his vision around the throne all day long every day for thousands of years and forevermore every second of every day the angels say holy 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 is the lamb and they say it over and 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 they don't stop saying it according to the book of worship of revelation 
I think we can handle five or 10 or 15 or 20 minutes of programming our minds with what is true. And that is why we repeat. Let's be like the angels. Faithful one, so unchanging. Ageless one, you're my rock of
call unto you again and again. You are my rock in times of trouble. You lift me up when I fall down. You are my rock in times of
Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. Silence the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring. Thank you, band. I was expecting three. <laughs> oh. The proof of God's amazing love is this, that while we were still sinners, he died for us. And because of our faith in him, we dare to approach the throne with confidence. And so it is in faith and in penitence that we confess together our sins against God and neighbor. Together. Merciful God, in your gracious presence, we confess our sins and the sin of this world. Although Christ is among us as our peace, we are a people divided against ourselves as we cling to the values of a broken world. The profit and pleasures we pursue lay waste the land and pollute the seas. 
The fears and jealousies that we harbor set neighbor against neighbor and nation against nation. We abuse your good gifts of imagination and freedom, of intellect and reason, and have turned them into bonds of oppression. Lord, have mercy on us. Heal and forgive us. Set us free to serve you in the world as agents of your reconciling love in Jesus Christ. Amen. Hear the good news. Who, who has the power to condemn? Only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. And Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a brand new creation. The old life has gone. The new has begun. Know that you, that me, that we are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Please rise.
Excellent. Like I said earlier in the service, we are studying 2 Thessalonians, and we are in a series on gratitude. And just a reminder, Paul wrote Thessalonians, these letters to this small little church in Thessalonica, and that church was going under major trials and tribulations. It was in a really difficult spot, and the culture was falling apart around them. Whatever I'm stepping on, that's crazy. <laughs> Did anybody hear that? No, oh, that's weird. Um, not, like, not unlike today, right? But all the way through this letter, or these letters, the two letters that he wrote to this church, is woven through the truth that Jesus is coming back for each and every one of us. And woven through this is a, is a gratitude and a gratefulness to God that is the natural outpouring of what it means to know that you're loved by God through the Son, Jesus the Christ. Amen? And so we've learned about how we'll actually have been called to be grateful for the people to your right and to your left. Because this church isn't this building. This church is you and I. And then last week we were called to be grateful and that gratitude was to be our engine. Was to be the source and the, and the, and the fallback for when it's hard to get out of bed in the mornings. When it's hard to face the day. And then sometimes... Paul, in writing these letters, he tells us stuff, and then at other points, he shows us stuff. And what I mean by that is, Dan, Danny, was speaking right before he was worshiping, and he was reminding everybody that the angels in heaven are singing as we speak. And he was teaching us, you know, teaching us a little theology. But on a week-in, week-out basis, Danny is consistently doing that. Amen? And so here we step, and we're looking over Paul's shoulder, and he's not telling us to do stuff. He's kind of inviting us and showing us how it's done. Let's open our Bibles up to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and I'm going to read verses 6 through 13. Chapter 3, verses 6 through 13. Now we command you, beloved in the name of the Lord, of our Lord Jesus the Christ, to keep away from believers who are living in idleness and not according to tradition that they receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you, and we, we did not eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we worked night and day so that we might not burden any of you. This was not because we do not have the right, but in order to give you an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this command. Anyone will, unwilling to work should not eat. For we are here for we hear that some of you are living in idleness, mere busybodies. 
not doing any work. Such, now, now such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus the Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing what is right. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. First, he, he kicks it off with, in Jesus' name. We just sang about, what a powerful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. The name itself invokes power. He's talking to an ex-Hebrew people that are now Christian. And they knew that names bring with them power. You didn't, Jason in Greek means healer. So you would say, healer, come over here and take out the trash. <laughs> you know? Peter, he, you know, that's why when he, renames, he renames him Peter, he, he, he takes Simon and he says, hey, I'm not going to call you Simon anymore. You know what I'm going to call you? Rock. And then James and John, sons of thunder. That's the WWF team right there, right? Paul says, in the name of Jesus, and when you hear that, when you read that, when you hear me read it out loud and you, that, that strikes your ears, you should perk up. In the name of the Messiah, in the name of the anointed one, in the name of the God-man. I want you to do some stuff. You ever been in a, like, you ever been on a team? Anybody ever been on a team? What was your coaches perk up your ears? Mine was, it was simply, shut your mouth, listen up. Right? Some, some coaches aren't very graceful. Paul's way more graceful than that. He says, listen up, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I want you to do some stuff. And primarily in verses 6 and 11, he points out, I want you to stop being busybodies. I want you to stop moving around aimlessly and forgetting the main thing is the main thing. One commentator says this, the problem, in other words, was not inactivity, but the wrong kind of activity. Who, in us, who of us in here? This is... Uh, there are difficult moments in, in life when, as being a parent. Amen? One of them is they don't listen to you. <laughs> That's a different sermon. <laughs> Another one is... Those moments in life where you tell them to do something and they talk about doing that thing and worry about doing that thing and fight against doing that thing instead of just doing that thing, right? The other day, I hate to throw my kids under the bus, but the other day, we, my wife and I were on the same page and we were just telling Zeke to get this thing done. Get this thing done. Get this thing done. And then 
he just fought against it and did all this other stuff. But what turned into a 15-minute task was a three-hour ask, you know? <laughs> but then he gets it done so fast, and it's, you know, it's, con- it's, it's convicting. Because how often, as us, as followers of Jesus, God is saying, do this, do this, do this, do this. And we're like, oh, man, it's hard. Or, man, I don't really feel like it right now. Or, what? You can tell that Paul has a, has a bee in his bonnet. Is that still a saying about this? I told you back when I first met you. remember when I was with you, I told you to do this stuff? Why is it still undone? In a way, it's God saying through Paul, do your job. I was with a mentor friend of mine, a guy named um, Barry Martinez, and he was almost an NFL football player. He was just an amazing athlete. And he was telling me what makes Bill Belichick the, one of the greatest coaches of all time. He eliminates drama and he just says to every single player, do your job. If Paul walked in here today, what drama would he see? What busybodiness are we fighting about? What are the things that are bickering amongst us? that are distracting us from the main thing being the main thing. If this was a smaller group, it would get real nitty and gritty right now, right? But each of you, search your hearts. Look around. Run through the laundry list of what you're thinking about, what you're talking about. And is it anywhere near the main thing? And then he uses himself as an example. He says, look at me. What was I about when I was spending time with you? What was was I like? I have a little brother. He's 17 years younger. A bunch of people probably have met him. He's a cooler, tatted version of myself. His name's Andrew, and he's married to his beautiful bride, Jamie. He's my my heart and soul. I love that kid. Um, But he gets confused by sections like this. And Paul says this in another place. He says it in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Follow me as I follow Jesus. And my little brother's saying is, why don't I just follow Jesus? <laughs> right? Why don't I just follow Jesus? Paul is here stepping in the, in the gap and saying, follow me as I follow Jesus. Why don't I just follow Jesus? Why, people? Anybody who's lived over a week following after Jesus knows why. There are corners you can't see around. If it hasn't hit you yet, it will. There are waves in this life that are bigger than the waves down at the wedge. 
They, they toss you in the, in the laundry machine of life, and it throws you. And you don't know which end is up. Who's ever been in the ocean, and you're getting hit by a wave, and you don't know which end is up? Yeah, one person raised their hand. Good job. <laughs> you guys are really attentive. I love it. <laughs> no, but I'm not throwing you to the bus. But I'm like that, too. I, that, there's life. And that's, once again, Paul continually, he doesn't, take a, he doesn't take many steps without realizing, without reminding. It's absolutely essential that this church, the people in this church, become lifelines. Become more than friends, become soulmates, become anchors, become rudders, become the way out of so many situations. And we're so isolated and we're so individual, but Paul continually brings it back and he says, this stuff, this is what it's about. It's about y'all bringing gifts like this. There's no way that the Griffiths family, I'm a pastor, I don't make that much money. I couldn't bring this many gifts. We bring this all here and this is us. What helps you keep the main thing the main thing? Remembering it's us. When I've lost my way, and even as a pastor, I want to confess, I don't know everything. And sometimes things hit me, and I don't know which end is up. And I need you to walk, as I walk into this place, to remind me, no, no, this is the way to go. I remember when something hit our family, I wouldn't wish upon any family. It was waves bigger than anything you could ever imagine. I called two people. I called this guy named Ben Newcott. That's a longer story. But he had become my best friend just simply by telling him. I said, the first day I met him, you're going to be my best friend. In three months, he was my best friend. Anyway, that's Ben Newcott. And then I called Ben McCaleb, a father-like figure. And I said to both of them, I don't want to be a Christian anymore, never mind a pastor. I want out of this. This is wrong. I don't feel good in my own skin. I feel like a liar. Both of them said the same thing. One foot in front of the other, Jason. You brought me to Jesus. Keep going. We need each other. Follow me as I follow Christ. He says that as an example for each of us to be saying to one another. And then he says, just kind of out of the blue. If you don't work, you don't eat. <laughs> it's like some crazy uncle rolled, it, like rolled into the stage. You know, like, hey, don't work, don't eat. I love those slogans. Right? That's in, that's in Paul's Hebrew nature. This too shall pass. Who's ever known an, a, a Jewish person that just clings to that truth? This too shall pass. What does it mean? When you're feeling better than life, this too shall pass. You're going to get worked. <laughs> when it's darker than dark, this too shall pass. The sun will rise tomorrow. This one, he says, you don't work, you don't eat. We get it in our mind that grace is opposed to effort. That's untrue. Grace is opposed to earning. Grace is not opposed to effort. The grace of God should be streaming through us 
and we acting as we are called by God, beloved, like Don so beautifully pointed out earlier in, in today's service. When's the last time that God just grabbed you by the face and said, snap out of it, stop being a busybody, be the beloved child of God that you are? And I, I know why this slogan didn't catch on. I'd never hear anybody say, don't eat, don't work. <laughs> you know, like, don't work, don't eat. Why? Because the next verse is one of Paul's all-time classic mantras. Verse 13. Brothers and sisters, and I'll end with this. Brothers and sisters, do not be weary in doing what is right. Hear me. Brothers and sisters, put your names in there. You, me, being invited by the Paul, the, Paul the Apostle, actually by God via the Paul the Apostle. Don't grow tired of doing what is right. Keep your eye on the ball. Keep the main thing the main thing. Don't get distracted by all the drama. Be, hear, do right. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit. As we sit here reflecting on what Paul has told us in 2 Thessalonians, I pray that as we we sit here, we would list the things that we're doing and ask the question, are these the right kind of activity you want us to be involved in? Help us. Follow the example of Paul, apostles, godly men and women, and do not Give up gratefully doing what is good. I pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus the Christ, the name above every name, and all God's people said, we're going to stand and sing in response to God's word. Jesus calls us o'er the tumult.
we continue in worship, this morning's tithes and offerings are now received. And now we come to that time when we have that wonderful opportunity to go before God in prayer. Join me. God of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ, you promise to hear us when we pray to you in his name. Confident in your love and mercy, we offer our prayers. Give us the grace and courage to not only hear your will, but to do your will. Hear us as we pray for our neighbors in need, then give us the courage to transform our words into action. Strengthen this congregation in its work and worship. Fill our hearts with your self-giving love, that our voices may speak your praise and our lives may conform to the image of your Son. Nourish us with your word and sacraments that we may faithfully minister in your name and witness to your love to all the world. We pray for our world. Protect the people of every nation from tyranny and violence. May respect for human life become the foundation of nations and may people work together for peace and reconciliation. The recent school shootings have pained our hearts, O oh Lord, and we know you too are saddened. Show us what we need to do to eliminate such violence from our communities and nation. 
Help us to have a hand in bringing peace to our world. Put your protecting hand around our schools and our children. Keep them safe, we pray. Be with the families whose children were killed this week. Comfort them as only you can. We pray for our nation and its leadership. We pray that wars and rumors of wars and threats may cease, and our nation and others may learn to live together in peace and harmony. You have told us what you require of us, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with you. Enable us as a nation to live in this way, that your kingdom may be seen here on earth. We pray for Operation Christmas Child, that through our gifts, children around the world may know you and know your love for them. We pray for the many volunteers who give so selflessly for the success of this program. Look with compassion on all who suffer. Support with your love those with incurable diseases, those in prison, those denied dignity, those who live without hope, those who are homeless or abandoned. Bring healing to all whom we name in our hearts. As you have moved toward us in love, so lead us to be present with them in their suffering. In the name of Jesus, surround your people with your love as we join in the prayer that unites us as Christians. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now if you would please stand as we join together in our closing hymn.
I think we just skipped to the end right there. <laughs> right? Amen. That's an awesome amen. Um, we have a new members class, like I've said a bunch of times today. And so right after this, we have 14 new members. That's awesome, right? Praise God for that. Um, but I, I'm going to ask that the 14 new members and the sponsors of those beeline it out of here. Don't get a lot of conversation going. We've got a lot of ground to cover in the, in this afternoon. So beeline it out of here. Anybody new, and I know the Roberts family, they've never been here. Make sure anybody's left, because I'm going to be busy eating lunch with the new members and getting to know them and that kind of jazz. Make sure you just pour love on anybody that you haven't seen before or haven't met before. And I'd love to thank Drinda. Is that your name? Okay, wonderful. No, a lot of round of applause in that. That's sad. Go. Yeah. That's amazing. We, even everything. It's just around here, I'm praising God still. Thank you for bringing me here. Now, benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. And everybody said,